Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am not your host, Scott Wurzbacher. That's right. Today, we're going to mix things up a little bit. I have received some really awesome feedback from you all, the listeners. And one question that I've gotten repeatedly is, Scott, when are you going to share some of your own stories? So that's exactly what we're going to do today. And I'm really excited. I've recruited a little bit of help. Uh, have my whole family with me. My wife, Maria, is sitting here next to me right now. And we have a very special guest host with us. David Wells is the creator of the New Year's Revolutionary Podcast that I also highly recommend. David's mission is to help himself and to help others do better this year. You can find David's podcast on all the same channels as this one and also on his website at newyearsrevolutionary.com. David has been a huge inspiration to me in helping me get this podcast up and running. He's also an accountability partner and a very good friend. So here we go. David is going to take over for today's episode as we flip the script. David, welcome to the campfire. Scott, thank you so much for having me and for letting me be a part of this. I, uh, I'm I'm with the rest of your audience and that I I think this is something that we are all very curious about uh, as somebody who listens to your your podcast very frequently um really looking forward to hearing about uh your adventures and so I think this is going to be a lot of fun and I'm very excited about it and I was actually thinking about how to prepare for this because uh, typically when I'm doing podcast interviews I prepare by you know trying to learn more about uh, the person. In this particular case, I already know you pretty well. Uh, and um, but, but what I realized is I don't know a lot about uh, where you went on this trip. I, I, to be honest, Scott, when you first brought this up, um, I had never heard of the Boundary Waters. And so maybe we can just start the conversation by uh, telling us about your trip and maybe starting with um, what the Boundary Waters actually are. Yeah, absolutely. So this past summer, we decided to take an epic adventure. And uh, the, the goal was to do something new and to find some new experiences. And so we actually, um, we landed on northern Minnesota, of all places, because I just heard that, um, you know, the country up there is just really, really beautiful. Uh, I was born in uh, Wisconsin, uh, which is kind of on the way. And we had um, never been there. I had just I was born there, lived there for a year or so, and then uh, and then we moved. So this was my first opportunity to go back and see that. Um, but up in northern Minnesota, there are a handful of national parks that uh, are kind of hard to get to. Um, you've got uh, Isle Royale, which is in the middle of Lake Superior, and then you've got the um, Boundary Waters Canoe area, and then uh, on the other side of that is Voyagers National Park. So you asked specifically about the Boundary Waters, and essentially what it is, is it's a collection of lakes, just these pristine lakes that are just sort of interconnected. 
And um, you've probably heard Minnesota um, called the land of a thousand lakes. It's actually where the butter came from, uh, land of lakes butter. And so, yeah, we went up there to, to, see, what, uh, to see what it was all about. And, and, you know, the goal was to just find that peace and serenity that the, the, the lake land can offer to us. Yeah, I, um, I would encourage anybody who uh, happens to be in front of a computer or in front of your phone while you're listening to this, just Google image uh, Boundary Waters and it's, it is wild. <laughs> it is absolutely breathtaking. And, um, and it, so before we get into that, though, maybe we take a step back and, um, and maybe just tell us a little bit about um, sort of more the day-to-day stuff than, than, the, than the adventure we're about to get to. What, uh, maybe just talk about uh, day job and family life. Yeah, and I think that's probably a great time to to let my wife speak because she's the one that runs the day to day here. <laughs> she's she's the brains behind the operation. Well, sure. So we're very busy people uh, in great ways. We we uh, we both have the real estate business together, Scott and I do, and then we have a whole team of people, wonderful people that we work with on a daily basis to pull everything off. And then we have two kids at home, two girls, and one is nine and one is um, 15. But uh, this was probably the first time that we branched out and decided to do something like this with the kids. So very, very different than our day to day. Our day to day is more like go to swim practice, um, go to piano, go, you know, get to school, get homework done routine stuff. So just daily, you know, working and being with the kids, all of that typical stuff that most families go through um, in, in stark contrast to the trip itself. <laughs> no, well, I appreciate you providing that background because I think that's particularly helpful for listeners, listeners like myself who, um, you know, when they hear this, this adventure story, if they were to just hear it in a vacuum, they might just think, oh, well, this is just an adventure family. This is just what they do. And I could never do anything like that. But the the day to day that you just described sounds very much like like my day to day. And so I think it's helpful for people to hear that so that they know that, um, you know, this is something that's perhaps a little bit more approachable. Um, and so you're in this you're in this day to day. And um, what then called you to this 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 adventure that you guys decided to do? Well, you know, I love that question, David. Uh, and, and, you know, like a, many of the listeners or the guests that have been on this show before us, um, it's a journey that started years and years and years ago. And um, so actually, Maria and I have known each other for a very long time, um, kindergarten, in fact. Um, but uh, when we got out of college, um, we actually took a trip across country. A lot of our friends did backpacking trips in Europe. And uh, I don't know that just there was so much in the United States to see that that I hadn't experienced. And rather than go overseas, we decided to do a trip across country. And so Maria and I jumped in a car and uh, for six weeks, we just traveled across the country and um, we just visited all these different national parks. And we pretty much camped everywhere, living pretty much out of the car. And uh, it's just like a game changing experience. And so that that's sort of where our love of travel developed. But I remember at one point we were at Mount Rainier National Park on a different trip and um, we were just feeling this sort of like the trip was almost over and we were just like at the end of it, most trips, like people kind of feel like I don't want this to end feeling. And I just remember saying to Maria, like, and this is like 
probably 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, like, boy, like how cool would it be if we could take like longer trips? Like if we could maybe go away for a month or two months, or maybe even like experience what it's like to live in a different city for a couple of months. And what if we just started doing that every summer? And she and I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. But then um, later that same year, our first daughter was born. And now here we are 15 years later and, you know, we're, we're just in the grind. And so, um, yeah, the call to adventure really was just remembering that sort of commitment that we made to ourselves and, you know, some personal, personal growth that's happened to us along the way. And, um, you know, I think we just decided that it was time. Yeah. And, um, and thank you for that. And, um, and you're right. That is a great question. If anyone out there listening, if, if any of these questions sound familiar, I've, I've leveraged, <laughs> I've leveraged a few of, uh, taking yeah. some pages out of your playbook for this. Um, and, and the next question is fears and doubts, because I, you know, as you were describing, uh, going out for a month, you know, or longer, I was personally experiencing fears and doubts just at the prospects of it. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe we just maybe we just talk about that because it sounds like maybe the fears and doubts may have played a part in um, in this, you know, maybe being pushed out a little bit. And then, but then, uh, I'd like to know some specifics about uh, what fears and doubts you may have had. Interestingly, like in terms of fears and doubts, I um, over the last several years have really leaned into um, coaches and mentors and friends like you, David, to like provide me with support and encouragement. And um, it was, you know, about, I don't know, six or eight months before we actually took the trip that I was on a call with one of my coaches and she was encouraging me to like take the leap. Like she could sense that I was fearful. Well, interestingly, one of my biggest fears was how do I approach this with Maria <laughs> and how do I get her on board? So there you go. Let's let Maria take it from there. Well, he didn't know what I was thinking that secretly somewhere deep inside me, I was longing to go away too. So when he approached me, it wasn't any big, great thing that he thought it was going to be. It was more like, oh, really? Do you, are we getting back to this again? We, how can we do this? And, you know, and, and I think the excitement really took over for me very quickly, more than the fears and the doubts. But then as time went on, we really started planning this out. We thought, okay, well, we'll be on summer break with the kids. That's, that's done, right? We don't need summer camps this summer. Okay, fine. But how are we really going to pull all this off? And are they going to enjoy this? Or is this going to be just you know, dragging them out into the wilderness and, and just, uh, you know, horrible experience that we all wish we, we would have never done. Right. And we come back. So with the kids involved, I knew that we both had the spirit of adventure and we were into it and the kids are older now. So it does, you know, it's some people would think, Oh my gosh, you know, they go, I know other guests have taken five-year-olds out. I don't know that we were brave enough to do that. But, you know, with the youngest one being eight at the time, it was like, okay, we, you know, we've, we've put our time in at home. Maybe it's time we can explore a little bit and be with the kids and maybe they will enjoy this. So for me, at least, I think it, it I wanted it to be a summer to remember in a positive way <laughs> for the whole family. And the, the kids experience was really important to me and, and how we were going to approach this with them. And I think the other big major factor looming is the fact that we are small business owners mm -hmm. um, and we have an amazing team. 
um, here on the ground, but you know, we'd never gone away for that long. We were going to, we're plan was to be gone for a month. And, uh, so there's a huge amount of fear and doubt around, you know, how, how all of that was going to come out, come together because there, there were pieces that were not in place when we made this decision to go. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking through the, uh, the various steps there, because I do think it's very interesting that the first hurdle is <laughs> perceived. <laughs> perceived hurdle because it turns out maybe it wasn't a hurdle after all was was uh you know uh communication between the two of you and then um it sounds like there were still uh fears and doubts around um around the kids and things like that and but but i just feel like that makes sense right i mean what is adventure if not uncertainty like if you don't have some degree of uncertainty then it's, it's not really an adventure at all and so at some point you do have to take the leap and um and i'm glad that it sounded like the two of you ended up being on the same page i'm curious to know about uh about the kids and i know we're going to get into that um uh, a little bit later but that was really helpful so the two of you connected decided that yes we're definitely on the same page for this but what was the specific moment when you guys were like okay we're actually going to do this because i have to think that that involved um either discussion with the, the kids or, or at least there's a little bit more planning, more nuts and bolts, more specifics about what it is you're going to actually do. When did this, when did you make up your mind to say yes? Or when did this really first start to feel real? Yeah, it's, and it's clear as day in my mind. I was, I was on a phone call with my coach and, um, you know, essentially she just encouraged me to like, to make up my mind there. Like, like we had talked about, this was a dream that we'd always wanted to do. But it was a dream where I think for both Maria and I was like, you know, we'll do that once we've put these things into place. Right. And there was a series of steps that were kind of, we'll say, unfinished in the business that, um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't go away because of those things. And so, um, you know, my coach kind of helped me flip the script and just say, like, hey, make the plan and then figure the thing, those things out instead of saying, We'll go once those things are in place, make the commitment and then put those things into place. And that was a huge mindset shift for me. And, um, you know, it was a great conversation and she got me really inspired. And I literally got off the phone and I walked into the kitchen and I told Maria how important this was to me. And she immediately was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, that. I love hearing about those moments, right? Because it's, it seems like that's the case most of the time is people can, people can point out a very specific time for them when this actually became real. Um, and so now once you've had that moment, uh, you've, you've made the plan and now you're getting into the nuts and bolts. So talk about the preparation that went into the trip. And, um, and I'd like to specifically talk about commitment, you know, because you guys are very busy people. I think Maria, as Maria said, you know, busy in a good way, um, busy professional lives, busy family lives. Um, how did you go about addressing those commitments when planning for a trip of this size? Yeah. I, I, the first thing I want to say, and this is kind of before I get to that was as I was thinking about it, like, I think that like, putting money down on a trip, like, you know, booking a house or whether it's making a plane reservation or doing something that commits you to it is like what solidifies it. So, 
you know, I think that I think the first thing that we did was we found a house that we wanted to rent up in that general area and we booked it and we put the deposit down. And I think once we did that, it was truly locked in. So we've made the mental commitment, but I think maybe it wasn't until we actually like, you know, pulled money out of our savings account to like actually commit it to where there was no turning back. So get in the game that and I and I would tell people like that's that's a hugely important thing is like, you know, Put your money where your mouth is. And once you do that, you're going to make it happen. But, you know, I, I'm going to let Maria talk a little bit about some of the business commitments that um, that we had to follow up on. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a, a bunch of steps that were already in process within the business and different roles that people on the team played that we were serving certain roles, they were serving certain roles. And then we quickly realized, well, wait a minute, if, if we can get everybody to the point that they're trained up and they feel comfortable fulfilling all of these roles, then we really can fill in for each other. And this is a permanent thing. It's not just for this trip, but it's a long-term goal to say, okay, you know, now we can really work more as a team and we're all empowered to be able to do what we need to do. We all feel comfortable. We feel confident. You know, it's just a bit different place to be in in your business. And I think that when we realized that we could take steps to hire some extra people, once we booked the house, it was like, okay, what are we doing? How are we attacking this goal? And who are we going to hire? And so all of a sudden we're interviewing and we're going through those motions. And then at the same time, we had training going on in the team itself at, at work. And you know, realizing, okay, everybody is ready. Everyone is so experienced and so fantastic on our team. And, you know, just letting them blossom and letting them, you know, realizing like, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I can't go away because I have to be the one to do all this. Oh, I think it's a very common thing that people feel. And we definitely have had those thoughts over the years. But as we've gone on and we've realized, no, 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 this is, again, flip the script. People can do all these things and a lot of it, they can do it even better. So, you know, it's just, it's that willingness to let go and just say, okay, we're going to do this in a new way and understanding that you're not making a month long change. You're actually making a much larger change, which in, in my view is an even bigger, broader, exciting goal to go after. I feel like you're talking about a huge side benefit of taking a trip like this that a lot of people don't think about. When people think about taking these trips, a lot of times it's like, look, I need to unplug because I, I need some personal time. I need to rejuvenate. And all of that is true. But um, particularly entrepreneurs, um, it, it's almost a trope, right? You, you hear about people starting companies and then not being able to uh, not feeling like they can let go of the reins and something like this sort of forces you to do that and forces you to, um, you know, to, to put things in place that, that is sustainable on a, uh, going forward. And so, yeah, that, that's a great thing. I think for a lot of listeners to, to think about, because I, I think, I feel like a lot of your listeners are, you know, either in similar industries or have similar inclinations in terms of their professional lives. And um, just thinking about how this could actually be that this isn't like taking a step back professionally. This is in a lot of ways taking a step forward. Yeah. David, I mean, th there was a huge aspect of this where it was like, you know, we were looking at it as like what could go wrong and what things, what are the reasons why we can't go? And like, truthfully, it was like a very selfish way of looking at it, what we could have been doing. And I think the, le the learning and all this was like, 
what's going to come out of this? Like, what is this experience going to make of us? And like, that was really the, that was really, I think the biggest outcome. It's like this proving to yourself and proving to the team and proving like, you know, what's possible. I mean, this absolutely was a game changer for us in terms of expanding our mindset. Um, you know, I think, uh, one of our guests was, uh, Taylor Grist and he came on and, and talked about his trip to Mount Everest. And I just think about like the personal growth that he experienced in going on that trip. I mean, you know, it seems very selfish to go away on a trip like that, but like the man he came back as, it's just truly an inspiration. Absolutely. And, and I know that, uh, personal growth is something that is, it's clearly a priority for, for both of you. I, I just know from, from hanging out with you over the years. Um, and one thing that's pretty consistent in that narrative is the idea of habits and routines. Um, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here if I were to talk about, oh, the benefits of you know doing something consistently. Um, I'm just gonna be honest, and uh, my family's never done a trip like this, but when we go on vacation, that is when my habits and routines tend to get completely railroaded. And I'm just, I'm very curious about, um, you know, y'all are two people that I know who are, uh, I think, very routine oriented. Um, how did this trip change your your day to day? I mean, there's, there's practical changes that had to take place while you were actually on the trip. But um, but I'm just curious to know how did this affect your habits? How did this affect your your routines, good and bad, we'll say. And then um, uh, and then maybe how did those effects uh, carry forward maybe after the trip? Well, I I personally love routine. I I thrive on routine. If I, and I feel like uh, the the kids are the same way in a lot of ways. But um, the trip itself, I, I had to completely let go of everything that we were doing and just say, okay, the team's got it. We trust that they've got it. And, you know, we, we were able to check in. It's not like we were on the moon, but, you know, just, just not being part of my daily routine. It was just focusing on being in the present moment, being with the kids, being with the family, being out on our trip. And then coming back afterward, I naturally just fall right back into routine. I think that because I crave it so much, I crave the stability. We always laugh because he likes variety and I like things to be routine. And also just, you know, I'll, I'll laugh because I, we, we haven't gotten into this yet, but on the trip itself, there were several times where I was having trouble just letting go of, of the routine. And I would feel this pull to go back and check my phone and go back and check and see what's going on and just kind of, you know, get into all that. And then I have to remind myself, no, wait a minute, like, stop it. You're, you know, this is, this time's going to go by fast and you, you know, this is your chance. You've got to just break out of it. And you know, it's just this strong pull that I have to go back and just see what's happening and see, just checking what's the latest, what, what's going on with this, what's going on with that. And I had to just stop myself. So it's almost the opposite for me. I'm not sure how Scott will answer that. Well, the short for me is that, you know, we are, we're pretty disciplined. We do have a, a pretty uh, regimented routine around here. Um, and I think part of the trip for me is, is, kind of like you, David, it's just breaking out of the routine. Like, I don't want the routine when I'm on, on a trip like this. Like part of it for me is like, 
you know, spontaneity and figuring things out as we go. And I think that's why I really enjoy like adventure type trips. And like this one in particular, when we went into the boundary waters, I mean, we were going into the great, we truly were going into the great unknown. I mean, it was wild out there. Like we were six miles in by canoe in the middle of nowhere and uh, no cell service, like nothing completely on our own. There were no other people, you know, I mean, and we had to figure it out as we went. Howling wolves in the middle of the night. <laughs> wow. That is, that is actually wild. Yeah, it was. Um, that is, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I, uh, how did the girls handle canoeing? Was that, did they just sort of take to it or? So yeah, I'll, I'll start with how I handled it. And then the girls, I think the girls handled it better than I did. We'll say it that way. Um, there you go. Yeah. It, so the part of the trip was portaging, which if you don't know what that is, you, you basically have one shore that you're on and it's just all, as he said, a bunch of lakes, but they're not connected. So it's not like you can just go continuously paddle all the way to your campsite and then be done. You're in your canoe paddling, you hit one shore and then you have to get out, get all your stuff in the canoes and the kids and every, you know, even our, we had our dog with us too. So even smudge, we had to get all the way across, which would be like what a quarter mile, yeah. something like that to the other side of the shore and then get back in the canoe and then continue your paddle. So if you can just think about in your daily routine, when you're, you know, maybe with the kids and you're trying to get to some swim practice or whatever, and you're juggling like, okay, we need this, we need towels, we need goggles, we need this, blah, 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 blah getting everything ready just, you know, multiply that times. Okay. You've got all of our stuff. You've got our food. You've got, I mean, just, there was so much stuff that we had with us and it was all heavy. And, <laughs> and I, and he kept saying, we're going to portage, we're going to portage. And I kind of just evaded what that really meant until we were there. And I remember the first day when we were out there and I just was struggling. I, I it finally hit me. Oh, this is what this means. And we have to carry all this stuff. And wow, we're all tired and I'm really dirty and I really want to eat. And like all these things, these mental struggles are just going through my head and I'm thinking, all right, I've got to be strong for the kids. And so finally, I just kind of, I remember it was lunch. It was our first pack. We had this great company called Pack Sack that it packed up all of our stuff for us while we were out there and it was going to be our first meal. And so I, I remember, I can picture myself just surrendering, just, just sitting down in the grass. I think I found a tree stump to sit on. <clears throat> opening up the pack and, and just rolling up some turkey and cheese and just being like, okay, I, I surrender. This is it. Like, this is the moment. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to embrace what we're doing. I don't know how many hours I have ahead of me, but this is it. I'm going to just get my strength. And suddenly everything around me started to change. I looked around and realized it's beautiful here. And what am I doing? I'm, I'm so worried about, you know, like just being in a different place, not doing what I normally do. And suddenly everything around me changed. And it, I think that's the moment for me, at least in the boundary waters where I started to enjoy myself and started to just let go and be like, okay, so this is just totally off the grid, totally different than anything I ever do. And then that led to me being just, you know, proud of myself for finally, when we got to the campsite, like you said, six miles in and, you know, I think we portaged three times, maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, by the time you get to all that, and then you realize, I mean, we, we kind of laughed and said, we're sitting in the middle of a Bob Ross painting. We just kept looking around and being like, this is unbelievable. So it was all worth it, but I will admit, I had to let go of all that struggle before I could even see it, if that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. I, and I think that's helpful for listeners to know that, um, 
you know, it, it might be tough at first and that, uh, you know, very often there's this surrender moment where you just sort of embrace it. And, and I also, you know, when you drew a comparison to sort of getting the kids ready for stuff, like I, I totally get that. And <laughs> one thing that I've, what, one thing that I thought about is those types of things, they just seem so difficult the first time you do them. Like when you first sign up for like swim or ballet or whatever it is, um, all these little things, it's like, how am I supposed to remember all this stuff? But you do it a couple of times and it, it gets easier. You start to, you start to get a system in place and things start to click. Um, I want to talk about traveling with kids because I, I, mine are three and five. So it's, it's a little bit of a different fact pattern, but I, I was curious about, um, just, uh, how, how you approached them and, um, and also, if you, it sounds like you didn't have any Wi-Fi or anything like that while you were out there, but um, but just curious about uh, how you approach the topic with your kids, and if you maybe set any ground rules or anything or anything like that. And I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm talking specifically about things like electronics and things like that. Just as you two are trying to unplug professionally, I feel like you know it can be tough with with kids to to have them uh get used to a new environment um maybe we just talk about traveling with kids i mean uh i think maria said it really well in uh in what she was just talking about embrace the struggle <laughs> <laughs> um it's not easy i mean i think that that's a, actually an interesting thing because kids really kids we all know that kids need routine um and so we're on this trip where we don't have a routine and so how do you like from that standpoint, how do you build routine into, um, into their lives so that it's not a completely miserable experience for them? Like for me, this whole thing was about new experiences, but we were, we were on the road a lot. I mean, we travel, we drove up there. Um, so it's a long way. And then we did a lot of driving from park to park and we were in the car a lot. And, and I will say, you know, right or wrong, the devices are an extremely effective way for making car rides pleasurable. So, oh yeah, preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. so, so the devices were definitely in in play uh, when we were in the car. We we tried you know to limit uh, the use of them when we weren't in the car, so that you know we could have the time to appreciate what's around us. And we were we were in a lot of places where there was no service. So I would say for the most part, the kids were pretty good about just doing the, their devices when they were in the car. Um, I think when we got out of the boundary waters, we did have a comfortable house to stay in. And so I, everybody was exhausted when we came out of the boundary waters and, you know, we weren't, we weren't going to take away devices at that point. Like that was a perfect time once again, to, to let everybody just chill. And, and, uh, frankly, we probably were all a little, uh, tired of being around each other. So we, we probably all retreated <laughs> to our own bedrooms at that point. Um, and, uh, and that was okay, but. Yeah, I would agree with all that. And I think that the kids did a really amazing job with just letting go of stuff like that. You know, when you, when you look around a campsite and you see, and this is a very primitive campsite, most of these, even Isle Royal, all of them were very primitive, meaning there weren't even bathrooms a lot of the time, frankly. And so you're, you're really just out in the woods and you look around and you see one doing cartwheels, you see one over there just tending, you know, Leyland would be tending the fire and doing something to cook or whatever. And, it just it kind of opens your mind to 
the fun that you can have without all this stuff and just, you know, reaching down deeper in yourself and realizing how creative you can all be. And the songs that we were singing, we just make stuff up, you know, just, I mean, little stuff, just those are the memories to me that I look back on and those don't have anything to do with devices and all of that. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we tried to do to get away from electronics. Yeah. And that, that is, I feel like that's a consistent theme. I feel like kids um, in some ways, you know, they can, they can see the magic in that stuff, right? Like when they're out and I feel like there's a benefit as an adult for having, having them around to, to sort of bring that out and cultivate it because, uh, because yeah, well, I feel like once you get the devices out of their hands, yeah, there, there, oh, there's definitely a, um, a transition period. Um, but, but once you get past that, you see, oh, this is actually just what they do naturally. They, uh, they, they, they imagine and they play and it's, um, and so that's that's great. Um, and, and I'll be honest, that's something that Scott. I know on this podcast you talk a lot about resistance um, with your guests. Like, what what were their what were their sources of resistance? What advice they might have about experience? And the kids part is it was definitely something that um, I could see as as being a point of resistance for me. But what advice would you guys have to somebody who's um, somebody like myself who really likes the idea of a trip like this um really likes thinking about the idea of it but uh just is experiencing resistance and that can be on the on the professional front on the on the personal front what advice would you give to to someone like that i think that embracing the struggle has become a theme here but i i think that you're a belief that you're going to grow through all of this. And some of it, you you don't even know how you're going to grow, but you have this feeling that this is the right path, that this is calling you. And despite the obstacles, you know that even as a family, you're all going to grow because of this. And I think that knowing and trusting that that's the path and that's going to happen, I think is is probably the best way to just let go and just say, okay, I can't even imagine. Sometimes people worry. I, I think a lot of times I worry about, well, what's the worst case scenario, right? Instead, well, what's the best case scenario? What What's really on the other side of this that we're going to come back as a family and have these memories together that are just so fun and inspiring and you know the ways that you think okay friday night we're all going to watch a movie well no wait a minute friday night we're all gonna yeah one of the things i laugh about is Leyland loved to filter water right out of the lake that ended up being one of her favorite things and so i just have these memories of her going out by herself in the canoe and just sitting there and filtering water you know not your typical friday night but (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of thing that i never could have imagined even before we left and at home at first when feeling the resistance it's kind of like well yeah i don't know maybe we should just not go this isn't very practical but then when i think about all the skills that the kids learned and all the things that were unexpected I think that's the the reason that I have the the ability to look past that and say there's going to be so many cool things on the other side of this that we're all going to grow and experience. And that's where the magic is. That's where the sauce is. So um, for me, that helps me to let go of that resistance. And I think, um, you know, we're we're about 15 or so episodes in. And uh, I think that everybody that's been on this podcast has offered some kind of uh, advice in terms of getting past that resistance and just and just going for it. And I think a lot of there, there's been a lot of really great advice. So I, I'm hearing those voices in my mind as I answer the question, David. But 
you know, I think that resistance just in general um, is fear showing up. And I think that when it does, I think fear is helpful, but I also think that when we ruminate on it, it, you know, can take us over. So I think like for me that that first step is recognizing that that resistance that you're feeling is fear and then taking the time to stop and acknowledge it and and recognize it. And sometimes like thanking it, like thanks for showing up. But, you know, fear turns into that inner critic that stops us from doing the things that we really want to do. And there is a voice inside of us that is telling us this is what I want to do. And then, you know, we let that fear show up and, and the fear often wins. But I think if we can take the time to just acknowledge it and, and see it, but then also allow that voice to come through, I think for me, that's, that's the advice is to, is to really listen uh, and follow your heart. That is really helpful advice. And one thing that I find to be particularly helpful about it is when people start talking about fear, the default advice is usually of, you know, face your fear, go, go face the dragon. But I think that a much more practical first step and a much more approachable first step is, as you put it, acknowledging it, that that's something that um, is, it, it, it seems to me, like a little bit more approachable. And, um, and then once you acknowledge it, you can see it for what it is. Then we can talk about facing it. Then we can talk about strategy, things like that. But um, but that, that was really helpful. Thanks to you both for for that. Um, I did have two rapid fire questions. Since you mentioned your other fifteen guests, and I got I got to ask you guys the, the same questions because they're fun. Um, uh, the first question is: So when Hollywood eventually makes a movie about your life. Uh, who will the actor be that plays you? And I'm not going to spare either of you. I'd like you both to answer the question if possible. Well, we, we think about this question all the time. It's it's such a fun icebreaker that we like to use in group settings. And, uh, you know, I enjoy bringing that question into the podcast. I'm going to let Maria go first. So I love Reese Witherspoon. So she is always my answer when this question comes up. She's so much fun and she's an adventurer herself. So it seems so I uh, got to go with Reese. Yeah. And, and Reese was in that movie called wild about, uh, I was going to say, yeah, uh, the character that did the Pacific crest trail, which uh, sure. we heard about from Derek Wood. Um, yeah. So mine, uh, you're going to laugh, but, but mine is, and always has. Is, it, is, is, is yours Reese Witherspoon too? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a great actor. Probably pull it off. Um, but no, I'm going to go with Ty Burrell from Modern Family. Cause, um, you know, I, totally. I'd, I'd love to be able to say Harrison Ford or somebody a lot more macho and adventurous, but, but, you know, Ty Burrell is my man. And, uh, you know, I think he embodies, um, that spirit of curiosity and also a little bit of goofiness. That is, those are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> those are really good answers. Great job guys. And, uh, and so what then, what's the movie going to be called? Well, David, our movie has to be called Inspire Campfire. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Those, those are those are fun answers for sure. Okay, David, this Wurzbacher episode wouldn't be complete without our daughter's input. So as a quick bonus, they'd like to share their experience. Hi, Hi Meryl. How are you? Good. 
you have grown so much since the last time I saw you. Thank it's you. really good to see you. You too. Well, your dad was telling me about a really fun trip that your family took recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually hoping to hear what you thought about the trip. And I, I was thinking that maybe you could just answer a, a few questions that I had. Would you be okay with that? Sure. Okay. So what was your favorite moment from the trip? Well, I had a lot of them, but my favorite moment had to be when I caught my fish. It was so, I, I, I don't really know why. It was, so I was, um, me and my dad were fishing and then he had to go get something. So I held the fish thing, the line for him. And then I didn't really want to do it. So I reeled it in and but then I threw it back out. And I was like, this is boring. So I reeled it in again. And then it got stuck. And I was like, it might be a rock. But then it like it kept trying to get away. And I started screaming so loud. My my dad came running. He reeled it in and was like, I caught a pike. <laughs> so and then we took a picture. Oh, nice. That that's great. That was gonna be our next question. Make sure you took a picture. Was it a was it a big fish? It was yeah, it was a baby pike. That's awesome. Well, good job. That uh, that's uh, I feel like that's a, that's more fish than I caught my first time going out fishing. So that's that's great. Did you have any uh, any other funny stories you you wanted to tell us about? Well, I did kind of like when so we were um, when we were in at our Minnesota house, we were um, we went fishing every night to see if we could catch a fish to eat. And one night when just Dad went out, he caught a fish. And he when he got back, he was like, he got the fish, and then he um he killed it before he got back back. So me and Sissy didn't have to see it alive and then see him kill it. So he killed it and then with his pocket knife and then he took it back out and shoved his pocket knife in his wrist. Accidentally. What? <laughs> and he took it back out. So he called mom and then mom started freaking out. And then when he got back, we put a, my sister put a Band-Aid on it. And then once we had the fish, that was probably the first time I ever liked a fish. So. Well, that's great. Well, uh, well, I'm glad your dad was okay. That was a, that that was a that was a that was a great story. That took a that took a you know quick turn there. Um, <laughs> On a little unexpected, I guess, huh? For sure. Well, I'm glad your dad's okay, and I'm glad that you like fish now. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, great. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for, for answering my questions, Meryl. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good, Laylin. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for, for stopping by. Your, your mom and your dad were just telling me about y'all's trip, and I was actually hoping to hear your perspective. Um, what was your favorite moment from the trip? My favorite moment would probably be like on Isle Royal, just hiking through when there's like nobody around for miles. 
And then occasionally you'll cro- like you'll come across somebody or like a different family that's been hiking along for like a day or a couple weeks or a couple days, whatever. But there was one night when we met um, one family around a bonfire and we all just like got to know each other and we hung out for a couple hours and we played cards and just like hung out, but it was really fun. That sounds really fun. I feel like that's one of the most fun parts about going on a trip like this is being sort of remote, but also also just getting to to meet people. Um, and so yeah, no, thank you very much for sharing that. That sounds amazing. Um, did you have any other any other funny stories you want to tell us about? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much again for letting me be a part of this. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, before we sign off, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Well, they can find us at inspirecampfire.com, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we're also on all of the major podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Find us there. Awesome. Well, Scott and Maria both, thanks again. And uh, to those of you out there listening, I hope that Scott's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure. Because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send us an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you all to get outside. Thank you so much for listening. David, Maria, Leyland, Merrill, thank you guys for being here.